The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of OH Partners and the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. Uh, Today, Lee and I are going to discuss uh, behavioral science practices that the biggest brands in the world are using uh, to discover consumer truths. I've got a fascinating guest today. I spent some time with him before the podcast, learning about his background. And uh, he's not your traditional marketer. He's got a math background, actually. So I'm excited to have Lee Caldwell, who is the co-founder and partner at Irrational Agency, which is a behavioral insight agency that helps brands create winning retail strategies grounded on their in-depth research in consumer psychology. They have 50-plus global clients, including leading brands like McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Sony, Red Bull, GSK, Nokia, Diageo, Etsy, and Financial Times. All right, uh, buckle up, because uh, today I have Lee, and we're going to discuss behavioral science practices that uncover consumer truths. All right, here's my conversation with Lee Caldwell, the co-founder and partner at Irrational Agency. All right, Lee, let's get into it, man. Just briefly, before we start, I was like, okay, what's your background? And you're like, you remember Sheldon uh, <laughs> from The Big Bang? Kind of like that. So can you help our audience understand kind of your background and how you got into kind of this side of the, the business for brands? Yeah, absolutely. Great to meet you, Scott. So yeah, I started out as a mathematician. I um, was uh, I actually went to college like at fourteen. I was kind of so into the quantitative side of the world and like understanding maths and physics, and I had a bit of economics in there, but very much the rational person model of economics. So the, the kind of classical idea that everyone is logical, they maximize utility, uh, all of these things that are now starting to be a bit kind of discredited. So I had that way of seeing the world through numbers, through mathematics. And like you mentioned, uh, viewers, listeners might remember an episode of the, the Big Bang Theory where Sheldon, with his logical mind, is trying to understand how human beings work. And so after a while in business, I started out in technology and software development, I realized that there was always a human being on the other side of everything I was doing. And I had to understand those human beings better in order to do a better job and to actually create businesses that that would be successful. So I um, learned about uh, behavioral economics, which is the side of economics where you take into account real human psychology, you understand the irrationality of people, the the way that they make decisions that is not always optimal, but you can still use mathematical models to analyze that and understand 
how people work. So I went into that area, went to a lot of academic conferences, spoke to psychologists, behavioral scientists, and eventually uh, turned that into uh, Irrational Agency, which is this consumer insight business where we understand how human beings really work using quantitative models to understand them, but with a real sensitivity and an empathy for the emotional side, for the narratives that people have about the world and uh, and really trying to marry together both of those th- sides, the, the kind of emotional and human side of brands with uh, quantitative analysis. Okay, I have like a million questions I want to ask you. <laughs> Let me start with like the easy one. Where are you from? Uh, so I'm from Scotland. I'm from uh, Glasgow in Scotland. I uh, have, uh, I live in London now, so you can, the accent is not as strong as it once was. But yeah, we're, we're based it. here in London, uh, but we have clients globally and I'm in the States regularly and uh, all around the world uh, working on this exciting stuff that we do. I love it. Okay. There's an agency joke that everybody that uh, is a strategist has to be from London because it just sounds, <laughs> it just sounds, it sounds cooler with an accent, especially in America. Okay. We were talking a little bit about dual theory and one of my guests previously, we, we talked a little bit about that. And, and I try to simplify just the process of how human beings make decisions of limbic system. And obviously you think people are completely logical and they're, they're not logical. They typically buy with emotion, back it up with logic. They, they And I, I talk about like addiction where it happens back in limbic system that comes back up in the frontal cortex. But I can tell you are like 10 steps deeper than the simplicity nature that I typically talk about human beings. What should marketers know or, and where are maybe marketers missing the boat? And maybe even what has surprised you in this research about human beings? Yeah, uh, well, so dual systems theory, as you know, is uh, talks about this idea of system one and system two. System two being the rational, logical mind where we work out the rules for something and work out what the correct answer should be. System one being the fast, emotional, unconscious side of the brain that uh, actually drives a lot of our behavior. But one of the things that we have started to realize over the last few years is that there, these two parts of the brain only paint a part of the picture. There's a third side to how humans make decisions and what what we call system three. And it sort of sits in between system one and two. So it's uh, a little bit more conscious than system one, but it's much more emotional and less logical than system two. And so what system three is, is the storytelling or the imaginative part of the brain. So a lot of times when we're making decisions, we're not just reacting unconsciously, but also we're not necessarily following logical rules. What we're doing is we're imagining the possible outcomes or the possible futures that will happen when we make a a choice. So let's say there's a a new product to the market and you're considering, do I want to buy this new product? Do I want to try it out or a new brand? Do I trust this brand? What you're going to do is project yourself forward and say, well, if I bought this product, if I use this product, what do I imagine the outcome is going to be? And so you don't have, you can't rely fully on logic because you may not have experience with it. You may not know exactly what the performance of this brand is going to be, but you are still thinking through and projecting yourself into a new world where you're using this brand. And so it goes beyond the unconscious habit of System 1, but it uh, is also still relying on storytelling, essentially. Uh, The stories that you tell yourself about the products and the categories that you're operating in and the brands that interact there. So this System 3 is where a lot of our the richness of life plays out is very much present in, in media. It's what operates when we read a book or watch a movie. And uh, it's also really important for brands. Um, and I think the 
sorry to cut you off. Lee. Is this like why the hero's journey works so well in Hollywood from a storytelling? Because we see ourselves in that journey. Definitely, yeah, definitely. This is and this is exactly where it plays in is brand storytelling. So there's people may be familiar with like Donald Miller's story brands structure and the, a lot of these ideas around a brand telling a story of how the customer can become the hero uh, and play a role in solve a problem in their life, but using the brand as a as a helper. This is exactly the hero's journey from Hollywood is a great metaphor. And remind me what system one and two is. I think I know, but I, and I hate to ask, but I, can you break down system one and system two? And then this third, I guess I would call it thesis of, of system three. Brand storytelling, when we first were talking about when I first read the pilot, it seems so just an over, I think, used term in the industry now. But you're talking about so much more than that, obviously. Mm. Remind us of system one and two again. So system one is the very basic unconscious emotional reactions that we have, as you you mentioned before, the limbic system. So it originates from there. System one is about automatic reactions to stimulus. So a classic example of system one is where you touch a hot stove and your body just makes you jump back. You don't think, you don't reason, you don't work out the if that's the optimal thing to do. You just do it because your body has been trained. And the same thing happens if you see like your kid's face or if you are driving a car and the brake lights come on in the, the car in front of you, you hit the brake. It's totally automatic. There's no thinking. Anything that happens in this automatic basis is called system one. System two is where we have time to stop and work out the correct response according to a set of rules. So let's say when you're learning to drive, you're using system two because you're kind of following these rules that, okay, I, you know, when I hit the gas, then this is going to happen. When I hit the brake, this is going to happen. I have to remember to stop at a stop sign or to pay attention to traffic lights. All of those things are system two when you're learning because they haven't become automatic yet. But then over time, they do become automatic and then they become system one. So in the branding world, you will have reactions to, let's say, the Coca-Cola brand. It creates emotions in you that you don't have to really think about. They're, they're very much automatic. Whereas a, if you're making a business decision to spend invest some money in your business, you're probably going to use system two because you're going to work out what's the ROI of this investment, what's the, the what are the alternatives, which one is going to give me the best return weighted by risk. You're using system two. But sitting in between, there is this third way where something new has been offered to you. Maybe it's a new brand or a new product or a, a new category you haven't experienced before. You can't rely on habit because you haven't learned these reactive behaviors yet in this new area. But you also can't rely on rules because there may not be any rules. So you have to tell yourself a story about what should I buy this product? Do I will it make me happy? And the, the story that you tell yourself, essentially, you play out how that product will interact with your life. If it has a happy ending, you probably buy the product. And that's the uh, System three. So you are working with brands in this system three environment to make sure that their story arc is positioned right. So it's not just like I see a lot of legacy projects of storytelling for brands too, which is which has been pretty popular right now and makes a ton of sense. But you're looking from a psychology point of view. Is is the customer a hero? I'm sure there's just so much more to to it. But I'm trying to understand to the process. So yeah, brand storytelling, the gap for me in brand storytelling, the issue with it is, it's one thing for you as a brand to want to tell a story, right? Like you're the megaphone and you're you're telling everyone this is how it's going to be. Yeah. But if you want to know, is that story going to land 
is that story going to work? Are people going to respond to that story? You have to listen. So you have to listen to what are the stories that customers are already telling in the world, in your category. Let's say you're a soda brand. You could say, right, this is the story we want to tell about our new soda. But people already have a narrative around soda. They already have a way of interacting with it. They are already telling stories about, it could be about health, it could be about the image of the the brand and and what it says about their identity, could be about taste and refreshment and so forth. They already have a mental model, a whole narrative around the soda category and what they want from it and what problems it solves for them. And you can only, in a way, you only have permission to tell a story that's compatible with that existing narrative. And so you have to go out and find out what are the stories that are already out there. And then you can find a space where your story fits and adds something or amplifies something that's already there. But you can't just go out deaf without listening to, to what people are already saying. That makes a ton of sense. I've been very much more classically trained in branding with, like, I don't remember if you remember the old branding wheel where you had like all the different assets from visual assets to self-expressive benefits to emotional benefits. So definitely all the top part is the kind of the more visual piece and the bottom part is kind of the more underneath stuff. So like I could see this taking self-expressive benefits to kind of another level because that's where I went to. And, you know, like if someone's holding, like the story used to say, someone's holding a a vodka, it told a story about them more than what the vodka was because no one can tell the difference between pretty much any (laughs) vodka. Yeah. out there, uh, maybe top shelf and the, and the very bottom. But so this, this makes sense to me. I'm going down that line. But then my brain goes and I'll be you know vulnerable here. I, I have a lot of addiction background and, and therapy background. And I've learned so much about that world and how the brain works mm-hmm. and how the brain makes decisions and how the brain can be rewired. So I kind of go in, into that category from a human being standpoint for a second. You know, I've got you on here. I, do you think human beings are telling themselves maybe negative stories or positive stories, whether it be a relationship or it be an addiction. And is is there rewiring? Like you've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of EMDR therapy and there's a lot of rewiring Mm. kind of exercises, but it sounds like maybe there could be more of a a story rewiring. Maybe it's, maybe human beings need a, a better story and seeing themselves in the right story. And that could help not only brands, but actually, you know, human beings or maybe brands can be the caveat to help human beings see themselves in a different light or rewire their, maybe people are going to some sort of negative story. And that's why they keep going through the same cycle of addiction or unhealthy relationships or unhealthy eating habits. I I don't know why I'm going that way out, but for some reason, my head and uh, heart want to ask you those kind of questions. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree. So what's really interesting that you bring that up is the one of the leading researchers in this area, a guy called George Ainsley. He wrote a book called Pico Economics, which is about like the economics of what happens under the, the surface of the brain. He is or, or was originally an addiction researcher. So he worked with the Veterans Administration in the US, working with veterans on addiction um, issues. And he realized that some of the reward processes in the brain that are implicated in addiction are, well, essentially, it's it's like a runaway version of the day-to-day reward that the brain uses to learn and to motivate itself. So the brain has this very powerful and, and really important capability of anticipated reward. Uh, and what that does is it says, I have a decision to make. I could choose product A or product B. I will look at those products and my brain will calculate the anticipated rewards that it's going to get from A or B. And whichever one's higher, 
altruist. <laughs> and then what happens is when you are in an ad addictive cycle, that anticipated reward kind of really runs away and, the, and it gets distorted by the addiction. And so this is what leads people to uh, keep going back to something that they may know in their system two probably knows that this is a bad choice, but their system one and their system three can't necessarily control what's happening. And I totally agree. Rewiring that story is uh, a really essential thing. And I think is is really important to people having a better life. Uh, there's there's a whole, we could, I think we could have a long conversation about going beyond the world of brands and how people getting the right story for their own lives is is a really powerful and important thing in uh, in having the best the best outcomes. Um, if I if I can give you an actual brand example that I think is really is really relevant to this. So there's an area of healthcare of pharmaceuticals where I, I can't say which brand it is, but there's a a well known class of products in men's sexual health. Currently, these are available only on prescription. You have to go to your doctor, but in the next few years, they're going to be available over the counter. And so we've been working with one of the brands in that area to say, how is this going to change the way that people consume and interact with that brand when they can go to the drugstore and buy it without having to necessarily go to a doctor? And as you can imagine, the narratives that men have around their sexual health are huge. You know, these are incredibly emotional things. They speak to identity, they speak to history, they speak to thoughts and hopes about or fears about the future, about who I am as a man. So we use this system three approach to explore the stories and narratives that men had about their sexual health, about what it said about who they were, about how their relationship with their partners, and how this brand could then understand those stories, help men to tell more empowering stories and how that's it's a great thing for both the users of this product and for the brand itself, because it's giving people a way to see themselves in a better light, to have a, a more empowered life and use this product in a way that this uh, is completely empowering and a natural part of life and not something that tells me, oh, I'm less of a man. I am not, I can't do this certain thing. I can't perform. So therefore I'm going to go into a decline. I'm going to become depressed. So this is a I hope a really great example of how a brand has been able to tell new stories by listening to the stories that people already have. It is a perfect example. Oh my gosh, what amazing work to try to figure out man brain around sexual health and over the counter, whether it be or Cialis or something like that. And the already filled in story that a consumer is telling themselves. So, you know, my guess would be they over the counter is going to add uh, new users for the product, new consumers and existing consumers to maybe switch. So, you know, what would that consumer journey look like? And what are the deep rooted triggers and, and storylines that people have already told themselves? That's freaking fascinating. I, I love that. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, Lee. We're going to have you back on again. So, you know, if, if this means to you, rebrand community, you know, stick around because we're going to have Lee back and uh, who knows where it's going to go. Because <laughs> as you can see, we're going to be flowy with it and see what comes up. But we're going to wrap up uh, this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Big thanks to Lee, co-founder, partner, Irrational Agency for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Lee and I are going to discuss how some of the biggest brands in the world are seeing major behavioral trends shifting. If you can't wait till our next episode and you want to learn more about Lee, you'll find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Lee Blue or visit his company website at irrationalagency.com.
Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, we have them at therebrandpod.com. Remember, we got all our summaries and guest episodes. All the stuff's there at the website. Please subscribe if you like the content. Uh, we're building our marketing community. And if you want to be a guest speaker, just uh, head over to the website and you can apply to be a guest speaker and we'll help you with topics. And we're getting a ton of really interesting requests, just like this one with Lee. You know, I see these and some of these I'm blown away. Others, you know, are not a fit, but you never know. Come to our website and uh, and just apply. You know, you can find us on all the social channels. You can find me is probably the easiest. You know, I put out content on other channels. So you can find me on Twitter, Sharky AZ. You can find me at, uh, you know, Scott Harkey pretty much anywhere at LinkedIn. You know, not the North Carolina Scott Harkey. That's a different guy. He's actually a cool dude, though. He's in financial crypto pay something. But I'm the marketing Scott Harkey. So you can find me anywhere you want. Remember, we're putting content out every day during the work week. So if you subscribe, it's going to be right back in your feed the next business day. That's it for today. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. <laughs>